0: You are listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more content and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com.
1: Well, it is a great honor and privilege to be at Elam uh, this morning for this uh, celebration and uh, to bring God's Word to you. I I love coming here. What a singing church this is. I'm sure I said the same thing when I was here on August 1st, and it is just a great blessing to be here. I'm going to read this morning an Old Testament lesson from Isaiah chapter 6, the call of Isaiah as we consider. Would you want to? All right, be seated. All right. My, my habit is to stand for the word, and so I didn't know what to do. I wanted to make some under, introductory comments, and that gets to be a long time to stand. Yeah, it just, I'll, i all right, okay. <laughs> you not only have a great singing church, you have an obedient church. Wow, things are going well here. Isaiah chapter 6, reading in Jesus' name. Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Notice what he's saying to Isaiah just keep preaching. Then I said, how long, O Lord? And he said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed, that's Jesus, is its stump. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, as we uh, pause in the presence of your word and of your Holy Spirit, we just confess again that without you we can do nothing. Without you this is a closed book. But because the Holy Spirit is here, when we say Jesus Christ is risen, he is here to reveal that absolutely you are there, reigning at God's right hand in this very moment, praying for us. Now we ask that you would open our hearts to hear, to be convicted, to be forgiven, and to be empowered to go and tell this broken world that Jesus lives. We pray in your name, amen. Please be seated. Well, I know that Pastor Larson really, really wanted to be here this morning he is a son of the same congregation that Luke comes from and it's so great to have Luke's family here this morning. Uh, his father will be participating in the installation service, but illness just prevented him. <clears throat> if you would think to especially pray for him this week, not only because of the illness he's had this past week, but this is perhaps maybe the most crucial week in his in his presidency. Of the Church of the Lutheran Brethren, because this week we are considering a new advancement initiative with the goal of becoming a disciple-making church. Uh, a goal that we believe will touch congregations at the local level, that will result in new churches being planted, with the result with new uh, people coming to prepare for ministry, and result with new missionaries going to lost people, especially in Chad, amongst the Balala and the Bergirmi people. So it's a crucial time and we know that we need the spirit of God in order to go forward in this mission. Well here we're this morning we're thinking about the ministry and the question I'm asking this morning is and especially for Pastor Luke but it's for all of us and the question is are you ready for ministry? <laughs> I uh, I have a question that I like to ask when I get to sit with people around North America Uh, when uh, I'm talking with them about, should you go to seminary? And uh, I've had many of them say, well, I don't think I really need to go to seminary. And the question I ask them is, do you know what a post hole digger is? And if you're not blessed to know what a post hole digger is, it's uh, one of those little tools like two spades. By jamming it into the ground and pulling it apart and pulling the dirt out. Even in Long Island, New York, people have known what a post digger was. And then comes the statement. You can dig a post hole with a spade, but you've got to move a lot of dirt. It's still hard work when you have the right tool, but it's so much better when you get the right tools for mystery. And that's what seminary provides. Pastor Luke, you have the tools. But my guess is that you discovered, and I think you know, I know yet you discovered out in New Jersey, that tools alone don't prepare you for ministry. Neither does talent. We had a call from a young man named Tim from Ontario uh, in early August. Tim grew up the son of uh, Lutheran missionaries in Pakistan. He was baptized in the Pakistani Lutheran Church. He's been a missionary in Afghanistan, married uh, a woman that he met there. They were both serving as missionaries. She's from New Zealand. This guy is such a talented musician. He's a graduate of a Bible school in Alberta, of a Bible college in Washington. He has a master's degree in music ethnology. I didn't even know what that was. But he applied and he began his seminary because if he gets back to Afghanistan, he knows there could be long furloughs when he's not able to be in that country. And so he wants to be prepared in order to pastor a congregation when he's home on furlough. But Tim knows that talent alone is not enough for ministry. There's another part of being prepared for ministry that we don't often talk about, and that's testing. There's an amount of testing that is necessary to be prepared for ministry. And Tuesday night in pastoral theology, we're going to be talking about that subject, and I'd asked Reverend Mark Tongseth to be in class with us on Tuesday evening Got an email from him two days ago, and he said, Dave, I'm sorry, I won't be able to be there because I'm still confined to Sanford Hospital where he's being treated for leukemia. Suffering. There's real testing in ministry. But as Isaiah discovered... (laughs) Even testing wasn't enough to be ready for ministry. I mean, this guy had the tools. We don't know what training and background he had, but we know from the incredible book that he has written that he was a very skilled writer. We know that he had a great talent for writing. And then came the testing. He was serving during the time of King Uzziah. and King Uzziah was a a very powerful king in Israel. He had restored the borders of Israel. It was a a time of great prosperity. And Isaiah was something almost like a court preacher where he had access to the king. And then King Uzziah died. That's when the testing began. And now the Lord is going to begin to prepare Isaiah, for ministry. According to the Gospel of John, when when Isaiah writes in the first verse of chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, Isaiah was not just overwhelmed by this great, great power and awesomeness of this this God who created the heavens and the earth. John makes very clear in chapter 12 that what Isaiah saw is a prophetic vision of the crucified and risen Jesus Christ. Because John says he saw the glory of Jesus. And you know what glory John is talking about in chapter 12? He's talking about the glory of the crucified. It was the glory of the crucified that filled the temple. It was the glory of the crucified that made the seraphs, and seraph means burning, <laughs> that made them sing holy, 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 and cover their faces. And it was that vision that made Isaiah, ready for ministry. When tools and talents and even testing are not enough to prepare for ministry, what does? The cross. The cross prepares us for ministry. How does it do that? Well, the cross works repentance. When when Isaiah saw this vision of the crucified, risen Christ, he had one reaction. I'm a man of unclean lips. And he responds, woe to me. Literally, he was saying, I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man, because I am a man of unclean lips. Pastor Luke, you have a terrible task. I read Jeremiah 6 this morning, and in verse 14, Jeremiah is uh, castigating the unfaithful prophets and priests, and he says, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Your terrible task, Pastor Luke, is not just to go to the Scriptures for a message for them, but it's first to hear it for yourself and be brought to the place where you say, woe is me, I'm a dead man. And to say, I'm a man of unclean lips. And then to say, and I live among a people of unclean lips. I need to tell you this. The pastor Luke is your pastor. He needs to tell you about your sins. And to bring you to the cross and to let the cross work repentance. Back when I was still serving as a pastor, I was meeting with a couple that were preparing for marriage, and in one of the meetings, I asked them how they came to believe in Christ. And the woman said that uh, she'd moved to Fergus Falls when she was in eighth grade, and she wasn't very happy about it, and that summer, she was attending uh, Inspiration Point Bible Camp, and uh, during the christ hike, she was standing there in the crowd and looking up at the Pilate and Jesus standing uh, on the balcony outside of the dining hall. And Pilate looks down at the crowd and he shouts, well then what shall I do with Jesus? And the crowd begins to cry, crucify him, crucify him. And Heather said, that's when I came to realize that I am part of the crowd. That I had crucified Jesus with my sin. So we can sing. I was guilty with nothing to say. (laughs) And they were coming to take me away. When a voice from heaven was heard that said, let him go, take me instead. Oh, I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on the cross in disgrace. But Jesus, God's son, took my place. Pastor Luke, we cannot create our own repentance. We cannot even create the feeling of repentance. Before you preach, before you visit, before you bring communion, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see Jesus crucified for your sin (laughs) and theirs. But of course, just repentance alone doesn't prepare you for ministry. So the cross not only works repentance, the cross brings cleansing. Notice what happened next. Without any request on Isaiah's part, without reason or his deserving it, one of the seraphs took a burning coal from the altar and touched Isaiah's mouth. And it came with the announcement, your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. You want to hear it again? Your guilt is taken away. And your sin is atoned for. That word guilt comes from a Hebrew word that means to twist and we should hear in that word all of the ways that we t- twist God's rules to our liking, the, the way we bend God's ways to fit our desires, the way we become twisted ourselves in our thinking and our actions. But could a coal have such power? Power is not in the coal. It's because of where the coal came from. It came from the altar. And not just any altar. The altar where the lamb was sacrificed, and not just any lamb, but it came from the coal where from the altar where the lamb was sacrificed. Like the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, the, the power is not in the bread and the wine, but it's in the word spoken and promised. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. This is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. That's where the power is. Back uh, when I was still teaching confirmation, I tried to make clear to students what it meant to have their their guilt and their sin completely uh, cleansed. And so... Each year, I would uh, make up a cross like this, and uh, I'd give the students a piece of paper and ask them to uh, write one of their sins on the piece of paper, and then their name, and or just that I am a sinner. And uh, then I would give them a nail and a hammer, and they would nail their the pieces of paper to the cross. And then I would lay this uh, cross on a piece of tagboard and. I had a can of red spray paint, and I would spray the cross with red spray paint. And uh, as I did so, I would talk about that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. He, he, it, it covers all of our sin. Uh, one year I asked if a student wanted to do the spraying, and it was fascinating to watch where the young man went over and found his piece of paper, and he sprayed red inside of it too. Then when the paint is dried... i pick up the tag board and show them when Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, this is what God sees. Not only are the sins washed by the blood. I love singing, blood will never lose its power. But they're gone. They're gone. And we go to Romans chapter 4. He was delivered for our offenses. He was raised again for our, wonderful word, justification. God looks on me in Christ just as if I'd never sinned. And then we'd have a little exercise. I'd like to give students a chance to respond and say, anyone who wants to be in Christ, I invite you to come and write your names in the white of the cross. cross brings cleansing it washes them all away that's how the cross prepares us for ministry can can you believe that can you believe that this is true for you and you and you That this God who is holy, 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 whom seraphs who were named burning because they are so completely pure, cannot even look upon him, that God now looks upon you in Christ is pure and holy. But what happens next may be the most amazing moment in all of this story. As the Lord readies Isaiah and now us for ministry, we discover that the cross not only works repentance and that the cross not only brings cleansing, but the cross creates faith, bold faith. After the repentance and cleansing, God asks the question who will go for us? He's asking the same question this morning. Who will go for us? Pastor Luke has answered that question. But but how how can we say, I will go? Because even after the cleansing, the reality of our ability to sin against God can hold us back. But notice how Isaiah responds. He says, here am I. And literally, he said, look at me. I I can't make this any more dramatic than this. But when he first saw his sin, he's saying, woe is me, I'm a dead man. And then he gets cleansed, and now he's saying, look at me. Do do you get it? Do you get it? That's true for any one of us. Power of the cross is such that we can say, God, look at me. Here I am, ready to serve you. The cross creates faith, great faith. We stand unafraid in his presence. Nothing of our past, nothing of our present prevents us from volunteering to serve in ministry. All of your sin is forgiven. All of your sin and guilt is atoned for. You are right in God's sight. There is nothing that prevents you from saying at Elam, whatever it is God is calling me to do, look at me. Look at me. One Sunday morning several years ago, I was sitting in the front pew, waiting to get up and preach. And it was one of those Sundays when I felt empty and unworthy. And as the congregation was singing, um, really profound, "Jesus help me, Jesus help me, Jesus help me, Jesus help me," and He did. The Holy Spirit reminded me of a drawing that I had seen in a Christian magazine several years before that. And it was just a sketch of a young man dressed in rags and Jesus was standing behind him putting this beautiful robe on him. I can't tell you how many times before walking in room or a funeral planning session or just sometimes when I and either, even other times when I'm full of confidence that the Holy Spirit reminds me of that little image. We can go to the pulpit, we can go to visit with a shut in with bold faith. Because we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. Now you're ready for ministry. Well, it'd be easy. The last verses of the chapter remind us that some will be defiant, some will resist the word, some hearts will be hardened, but still we preach and serve repentant faith. So, Pastor Luke, go boldly to your calling. Preach repentance, preach cleansing, the blood of Jesus Christ, as you know, and preach so well, washes away all their sin. Preach bold faith. Your listeners, too, as Isaiah the prophet said. And as you are saying today, can say, look at me, here am I, send me.
0: Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor K-J-O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.